your health and really dedicating yourself to your health no matter what, the payoff long term could be you're there for your family, you're there for your daughter's wedding, and you don't have to have those expensive medical bills because one of the best things about health is when nothing happens. Job hunting. It's the one thing we're never taught as we enter the adult world. Gone are the days of knocking on doors and simply getting a job based on a firm handshake, asking to speak to the hiring manager, and making a good first impression. Today's job hunt has more resources and more opportunities than ever before, but there's no roadmap to ensure that you don't lose your way or your mind when navigating today's complex job market. Welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host and guide, Rob Conlon, and this podcast is for anyone who is frustrated with the current job hunt and looking for guidance as to what to do next to find a new or better job. We're on a mission to educate as many job seekers as possible on how to improve their work life, and since its inception, this show has helped find and secure more than $1.5 million in salaries and benefits for our listeners at new jobs that they love. So please, come and step into my studio, and let's teach you how to get out of the hell that is your job hunt. Hello and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. This is an episode that I've talked about doing for the better part of a year, and it's finally coming around because we finally found the right expert to come and chat about this. Julian Hayes, founder of The Art of Fitness and Life, joins us today as we discuss one of the things that generally gets completely ignored by most folks who are unemployed, their physical health. At one of the times of your life where you have more free time than ever, it's really easy to use that for entertainment rather than health. I know I've made that same mistake myself. So today we're bringing Julian on to share some of his wisdom and the habits that can help make your unemployment stretch not only something that helps get you a new job, but also something that's better for your overall health in the long run. Julian, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Man, I like that intro, Rob. Thank you so much for having me here. And this is a very exciting topic to talk about. It's a very uncommon thing that is never discussed, and I can kind of relate to this in a lot of ways. So I'm looking forward to talking about this. Julian, to give our listeners a little bit more background on you and your show, The Art of Fitness and Life, which, by the way, listeners, you should be tackling after listening to this episode, tell us a little bit more about how you help others with their fitness journey and the philosophy that you take with pairing that with business and careers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as you mentioned, the the, the company is called The Art of Fitness and Life, and the podcast is Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, but don't let the title Entrepreneurs fool you. Um, We're all entrepreneurs to a certain standpoint because we are in charge of our own life. But the point of that is to marry science and business. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we want to separate those things. But really our professional development, how we go about our careers, a lot of that is predicated on our physical health, on our mindset. And so a little things that are probably different about me is that I look at this from a system standpoint. So this human body that we're in, this is a system and we are interacting with the environment around us. So everything is influencing the system. So it's not just about the foods you eat. It's not just about exercising. It's about your relationships. It's about your purpose in life, your mission, your fulfillment. It's about a lot of even your finances as well, all of that, because 
for people who are into finances, if you're stressed about money, that's going to stress your that's going to stress your system. If you're stressed with your system, you might make poor decisions. So I try to connect all these things that all these things do not exist in a silo. They're all connected. And so simply put, I want people to think deeper when it comes to their health. That's outstanding. Wow. And again, I think the interconnectedness of everything, it might not seem like it at the surface for most things in life, but if you really dig down, you really go looking for those like power cables that connect everything in life, they're there beneath their surface. So that's that's absolutely excellent. So Julian, last year we saw a record number of folks in America and around the world, they were out of work. And for the folks who are either back at it or maybe still on that search and hopefully listening to this show because they're on that search, where would you say that fitness ranks on their priority list right now? I would love for it to be number one, but if I'm being honest, it's probably maybe in the top five, maybe number four or five, maybe three. Interesting. But I would want, it should be number one, but I understand why it's not because the thing about fitness is that it's tricky because you're not necessarily going to have your body break down in a week, maybe not even two weeks, maybe not even three weeks. But what you will notice is if you're looking for a job and you still don't have it, and you're reminded of that every day. So of course it's going to be more top of mind. A lot of things in health take time to happen, take time to manifest themselves. You're not going to gain, you're not going to have 20 pounds just magically show up that you're 20 pounds overweight. That's going to slowly happen over time. And that's, so it's a paradox right there. And and so it's, it's, it's tough. And I, I really get that because it, it doesn't show up a lot, but it should be number one. Interesting. Because, see, I was you're saying, yes, it should be number one. It's hopefully top five. Like you said, mm-hmm. I'm feeling like it's dead last. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where what you just mentioned, that it's a paradox. That mm-hmm. 20 pounds just doesn't plop onto your butt or your gut overnight. It's a really slow, you know, it's an ounce a day mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it might be. And that's that seems like a really unimportant thing. Mm-hmm. But you just leave it, and it balloons. Yeah. So it's it, wild. It is because it it feels dire that I need to find it. I need to find a job. I need to find employment. I need to have money coming right. in. There's a lot of uncertainty there. So you feel this primal survival of we got to make things happening. Especially if you're looking, you're trying to forecast maybe a month or two ahead, and you're looking at expenses that you have to pay for. Exercise seems like a luxury. Going to a gym, going outside to a park. It's kind of a luxury. And then depending on how finances are, you want you may want to cut back on food. So maybe you're going to – what I've seen sometimes is where they're not going to necessarily eat, start just eating crappy, the cheapest crappy foods, but they will cut back on the, the quantity of those foods. And so for certain people, say, say it's a guy my size, about 200 pounds, and he starts maybe only eating one time a day now. Where is this energy going to be generated from? He's not working out. And he's not supplying his body with enough nutrients. So he might feel a little lethargic. And then that's going to cascade and pour over into his looking for a job. And even showing up as the best candidate that he can. So that's why it's a paradox. Because we need this energy. We need to supply our body with these raw materials. So then we can have the necessary output to go put our best foot forward on this. Again, one of those sort of double-edged swords you need to reduce expenses, but in reducing expenses, you're also reducing potentially your 
I guess, output, mm-hmm. if you will, to the world, whether it's energy or, or enthusiasm or motivation. And that can, I think, really lead to a, a very sedentary type lifestyle, which is not good. I mean, they say that sitting is the new smoking. Julian, break this down a little bit for us. So what happens when we start to get into that really sit down, that sedentary lifestyle? Maybe we had a job that was had us walking around a big industrial plant or a big retail store, or maybe we were landscaping. What does it mean for someone who's out of work? And what, does it, what happens physically to someone who's out of work when they stop that short-term and long-term? Practically speaking, you're not going to have... you're not going to have as much energy we you only get energy through moving and there's something called piezoelectricity so you're moving and you're generating energy and this is even for people who work out a lot where just lifting weights maybe 30 minutes a day and then sitting the rest of the time that's barely better than someone who is sitting down all day so we are designed to move. We are human. Us humans are designed to move, and when you think about simple movement, it's you don't have to go run at marathons. It's you can have something as simple as every ten minutes. I mean, not every ten minutes. Sorry, every ten minutes within the hour. So fifty minutes of maybe productivity, ten minutes of just standing up, going for a quick walk around the neighborhood, going for a quick walk around the house, just to just to have your body moving and and not being so stiff and. For some people, sitting and everything, it manifests itself through maybe their joints start having a little more joint pains, back's a lot stiff, their glutes are inactive because they've been sitting so long, so those glute muscles are not firing as much, so now we have this back pain, and we think it's a back, when really it's just our glutes have are not being used at all. So this cascade effect, so let's pretend for a moment that I had a job, you know, maybe I was a landscaper or something like that. And now I'm sitting on my butt and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eating the Cheetos. I've got some Mountain Dews and I've, I've, you know, this, I'm having a great time with my friends who are also looking for work or whatever it might be. What happens to me? So day one, I'm in decent shape. How does that sort of mm-hmm. degradation manifest itself? Like what happens on like a cellular level and like, even like the, the muscle structure level when we, when we do that, when we kind of plop down. You won't notice anything probably physically for a decent amount of time. How long? Probably 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 a couple of weeks or a month. I I would say for most people you might you might feel like bloated and stuff or or little things like that where if you have a if you're taking some really salty meal and you're not used to really taking in a lot of different sodium and your body's not used to that so you might retain more water a little bit because your body's not used to it. It happens to me at times as well. When I, but that's just little small things that can come and go. As far as like weight gain, it's going to take a while as well. That's why, like, I, that's why it's so, it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's like a little crack in a dam where there's a little hole in the dam. It's so small that you just look at it and say, okay, it's fine. It's not that big of a hole. There's not a lot of water coming out of it. It'll be fine. And it starts to erode, erode, erode. Then all of a sudden, boom, it just falls apart. And you're like, oh, this is a huge problem we have. And that's kind of how it is with, with weight. You know, we're recording this around the start of the holiday season. The holiday season is known for people gaining weight. Maybe it's three to seven pounds every holiday season. It doesn't sound like a lot. But say the person gains seven pounds during this holiday. Then the next year, they work off maybe four of those. So they're only three pounds heavier at this time next year. But then you keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. 10 years 
and three pounds gain each year, that's 30 pounds. So now all of a sudden you're 30 pounds heavier than what you were a decade ago. And that's how it happens. Now, now I'm thinking back in time here going, oh my God, what happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but it, it, you know, it's so small. It's just like looking at like labs. I do lab work as well. A couple points here and there, no big deal, right? Check it again, two, three points higher. It keeps going up. The next thing you know, oh, I'm pre-diabetic. How did this sneak up on me? It's and it's there's a great book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, and the simplest things can either catapult us to success, or it can keep us stuck in frustration and disappointment. And it's the simplest habits. It's not the big grand events of the day. It's the very small mundane things. It's the drinking the water. It's getting whatever your daily steps in it's getting your sleep in it's honing in on your relationships that really nourish you it's not all the fancy things that's cool but that's really the icing on the cake and we can't get ahead of ourselves got it so again the building blocks of Mm -hmm. relationships of health of food of all these things yeah yeah because one of the one of the first things a lot of times people ask me is how do you eat julian or what supplements do you take, Julian? And what's your training regimen like? And the thing is, if I told you all this in detail, it probably wouldn't be a benefit to you because we might, we're might we probably at two different junctures of our life. What's good for me is not good for you because I have a lot of my foundations set, whereas maybe you don't. I have different goals of what fitness and health is for me that I'm training for, where maybe you don't. So there's not a blanket answer. So you really have to have that self-awareness to see where am I at. Do I really have the fundamentals down? And if I don't, then I need to focus on that before I start getting into all these other really minute things. That's one of those things where, again, building blocks, they're, they're simple. And I think sometimes people can feel so stressed. But the interesting dichotomy of unemployment is like it's such a pressure but it's also one of the times in life where you have like the most free time possible. And I've heard a couple say like, oh, you don't have a ton of free time. It's like, yeah, you kind of do. I mean, you really you do. Like you have, absolutely. you have 40 hours that go back into your week. And even if you're hammering on a job starts a week, you'll go crazy, number one. But number two, you'll also deplete the, the metropolitan area that you're living in if you're you know going that hard with a job search. So, you know, everybody reports either not having free time, but it really is there. So I know there were a lot of times like when I was bored, when I was out of work, that I filled time with things that didn't do my body very good. Like not just stress eating, but like boredom eating. Julian, how should we be going about approaching staying fit when I'm a $30 to $50 a month gym membership was just not in the cards because we needed that money to pay the mortgage? How should we go about that? The first answer would be if you live close to a park, I would look into that. I would go to a park and work out there. If that's not an option, I would work out in the garage. If that's not an option, I would work out somewhere in the house. And if that's not an option, I would just work out on the street or the driveway. So the... I guess the moral of the story is there is really no excuse to where you can, wherever you go, that can be your gym because we have our body. And a long time ago, before the YMCA's, the Planet Fitness, the LA Fitnesses, a lot of a lot of time before them, 
there were still a lot of in-shape people who had pretty nice bodies and were pretty healthy. And they didn't need a gym to go to. And they relied on bodyweight exercises, push-ups, bodyweight squats, pull-ups, if you have like a monkey bar or anything. And you can even use various like heavy bags or suitcases or something that's, that's heavy and you can do some rows. So you have your body to do to work out with. And it doesn't even take an hour. You can get really good workouts in in about 20 minutes, full body wow. workouts in. Okay, that's awesome. And actually, I've seen a lot of stuff about body weight fitness and be having it being touted as a easy and quick way as far as time per workout to be easy, quick, and inexpensive way to get a workout in. What else can you tell us about this, Julian, that could help folks make sure that they maintain their health mm-hmm. over their unemployment stretch? Yeah, so when you're thinking about a body weight workout or any workout in general, unless you're a little bit of a meathead like myself, <laughs> I, I'm a recovering meathead. I'm not even... Not as much of a meathead now. I'm I'm into the running world as as well. Now. I, I live in two worlds now. But before I did, you know go off on that tangent, when you're thinking about a workout, what are the f- things I always recommend? Especially if think about efficiency mm-hmm. and effectiveness. Keep those two things in mind first and foremost. Especially if you don't really like working out just yet, you'll like it when you get results. But at the beginning, I totally get it because I, I hate it running at, yeah. at the very beginning. I hate it too. Absolutely. <laughs> but but now I love it. It's been a godsend. I love running now, but so thinking about the workout here, when I'm working out the body, think of it as I want to hit all the major muscles. Okay. But not every single one. So I'm not saying like you got to hit your forearms, everything, the major ones. So think about things such as like your chest, think of things such as your back. The back is harder. That is the hardest one with body weight is working out your back. And so pull-ups really are the best thing, but sometimes pull-ups are harder for people or they don't have the strength yet to do that. And so that's why you can do something called rows. Like okay. There's a, in the gym, it's called dumbbell rows. But at home, you can find maybe use a suitcase or some kind of bag and put some put some stuff in it that makes it a little heavy. And then that can be your own personal dumbbell to do rows with on each one. And, and then you have lower body. And typically, I would do more lower body exercises than upper body exercises. It's, Interesting. It's bit... It's bigger muscle groups, and so you're going to burn more calories, and also okay. it's it's a it's a lot more th- in your lower body than it is your upper body. So I would put a lot more focus on lower body, and it's it's easier to do. There's a lot of lower body exercises we can do compared to upper body exercises with body weight. And got it. W- w- when you think of a lower body, of course you have your squats, of course you have your front and your reverse lunges, and you can even do calf raises and. If you're really just getting started with the habit, I typically, and this is, fitness people are not going to like me saying this, I don't really care what you do. I just want you to do something to get in the habit of it. Like, what you do really doesn't matter as long as you're not getting hurt. It's kind of like building a writing habit. Like, it doesn't really matter what you write at the beginning. You just need to get into the swing of becoming someone who writes. So I want you to get in the habit of becoming someone who exercises, someone who moves their body, someone who exercises. Once you get in the habit of that, you build a positive association with that, a positive feeling with it. Then we can start worrying about precise programming and sequencing of exercises and all that good stuff. But at the very beginning, just get moving and you're going to feel better. And after that, I guess I also need to mention that you can also just you can also walk as well. Walking's very good. 
you can also jump rope. Jump roping is a favorite of mine as well. And you don't have to have, I have weighted jump ropes, but obviously you don't need to have weighted jump ropes. Weighted jump ropes are good because it's, it's, it's more resistant, so it will feel more like a workout, but you can find a very inexpensive jump rope for a couple bucks, and you can you can do circuits. You can jump rope, and then you can do some bodyweight exercises, and you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. And there's a lot of good apps as well that are free that, that can have, that can take you through some jump roping workouts. And I look at I look at this also when you talk about needing the gym or you don't exercise at all. I, I think about the movie, I think it was Iron Man 3, he didn't have his suit, and so he had to do a lot without that suit. So who are you without the suit? And so I think about this: who are you with? Who are you without the gym? Do you need the gym? A lot of people. This is crazy, and I even had some fitness friends. They even struggled during when things were really closed down. They're, they're like, man, I can't get a workout in. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? You have outside. We 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 have outside here. You have your neighborhood. You have the park. You have your body. You know how to use your body. You can just start working out. But we gotten so used to the comfort and the habit of going into a gym and using machines when at the very beginning, and it's even ideal, is when I was doing more personal training in person, the person I worked with, they had to be able to control their own body right. <laughs> before they started using a bunch of weights. It's a progression anyway. So before you think about bench pressing, for example, with a bar, can you do a push-up? Can you do a correct push-up? Before you think about squatting with a lot of weight on it, can you? do you have good mobility with your body? Can you squat effectively with just your body? Mm-hmm. Right, can you get that, that deep, those knees, or that uh, knee crease down, you know, at, a, at a, a downward angle? Yeah, I totally get you. Wow, that <laughs> kind of little mind blow there. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> All right, so we've kind of determined here that perhaps there's it's a myth. Like, oh, I can't afford to go to the mm-hmm. gym. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're on your job hunt. Yeah, and gym the gym is something that's been slashed. That doesn't mean that you you have an excuse to get chubby. And and I, I hope it's not hypocritical for myself here to talk about that with my listeners. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a big guy and things like that. And that's revelatory for me to be like, dude, you just – you got to do what you got to do. And I think for for folks who, no matter where they are in their job hunt, that's a, a good kick in the pants. So outstanding. Here's the thing. If you do have a lot of weight to lose, the bright side of that situation, if there is, I mean, it's not, if there's always something that you can take from any situation and turn it into a positive, I call it changing poison into medicine. It's, it's a saying that I live by. Just getting your body in motion is going to start the benefits is going to start helping you lose weight because the more weight you have just moving and doing things you're going to lose that maybe someone like myself that doesn't have as much to lose i have to be a lot more dialed in it's a lot harder to lose those last few pounds but when you do have a lot of weight to lose you don't necessarily need to be super precise like someone like myself to get those that last percentage off. I'm trying to get I'm trying to work on the last 5 to 10% of the equation. When you got 90% of the equation, half the battle is just being mindful of what you're eating and getting a sweat in every day. Doing something. Hey listeners, we're going to take a quick break here for some of the business side of running a podcast. 
These sponsors not only believe in this show, but they may have a product, service, or even an open position that can help you end your job hunt. Give them a listen and drop by their websites in thanks for their help in supporting this show and your work search. As the host of a podcast about job hunting, I know that my listeners need to make their resumes stand out. I can tell them great things that will increase their chances of getting an interview, but sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. I'm Rob Conlon, host of Recruiting Hell, and my friends at MyCareerSnapshot.com have what might possibly be one of the best add-ons to what you send companies to help you get hired. With My Career Snapshot's Next Gig platform, you'll have a beautifully, professionally designed career summary to make your application stand out. It takes just minutes to get your snapshot ordered. Delivery is prompt and revisions are a snap. I loved my snapshot. It let me put what was important to me, about me, on paper. And the designers even went so far as to do the research on the awards that I've won and included wireframe mockups of those logos so my achievements really popped. Looking for a great investment in your resume that showcases more than words ever could? Look to MyCareerSnapshot.com and be sure to tell them Rob sent you. Use code HELL22 for up to $70 off your order at MyCareerSnapshot.com. Again, that's MyCareerSnapshot.com, code HELL22. We're back. A big thank you to our sponsors for their offerings as well as you for considering them. On with the show. And that, I think, for a lot of folks is probably what they need to hear is to be mindful of what you're eating, be very mindful of what you're eating, and just make sure you move every day. That's awesome. So I want to shift some gears here real quick, Julian. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about how your show in particular helps those who are probably mm-hmm. not quite in this audience, but are maybe maybe they're looking for a new opportunity. Maybe they're not unemployed, mm-hmm. but maybe they have a job that they dislike. You know, What could they learn from from increasing their level of fitness and, and things like that? Fitness can actually serve as a launching pad for your career. And what I mean by that is, for me, f- at the very beginning, it was about looks and really trying to feel confident in my body. But over time, it became something where I did some feats and pushed myself to levels that I didn't think was possible. And that gave me confidence to go after some things in my professional life that I, di- that I didn't think I could. It gave me the confidence to, I had courage. I had confidence. And that gave me that ability to walk away from school. I, you know, I left medical school after a year to also to start a business. And because it, there were periods where I had zero clients. And, and then there was periods also with the academic world where I'm just applying and I'm just in this no man's land where I'm just applying and I've, I worked on applications that sent those off for the day. What else am I going to do? And fitness was something that could help me channel and get some of that negative energy out. Get help me get some of that anxiety out. It's a very anxious process of sending an application in, whether it's for school, whether it's for a job, whether it's for a proposal to send to a client, because you're sending it. You're check. You might check and see did they open the email. Oh, it's been 24 hours, 48 hours. I haven't heard anything. Maybe they liked it. Maybe I. Oh, did I mess right. up? Did I did I misspell something on this application? So you're you're getting you're, you're getting <laughs> puts that little doubt yeah. in there, right? Yeah. You're, get, you're getting very neurotic. And 
getting your body in motion it gets those emo it gets those endorphins going those feel good endorphins yes but it also is just a way to get that anxious energy out of your system because you're you're you have all this pent up energy from wanting something to work i want this job i I want this opportunity i'm tired of this and it this stuff bubbles up in you and if you don't have an outlet for it it has to show itself some way and for some of us that outlet comes with food and we're eating our feelings we're eating comfort food so we can feel comfortable because we have all this tense energy in us and we go we grab our favorite foods and it feels comforting just for that moment it eases us and we just sit there and we're like ah i feel better and then throw throw some tv or netflix on there and the next thing you know it's it's that that thing you were thinking about is gone and if you're not mindful there maybe i'll go back for some more maybe i'll just grab this other thing and kind of like we talked about earlier you're not going to notice it that night it's fine you're not going to notice it in the week maybe you'll notice it in six months but you're not going to notice it at that moment. So to kind of put all these things together, it's to think long-term and to really operate with an investor's mentality. I absolutely love that, a business of potential. And I think something that many of us, when we're searching for a job, we feel like we don't have that potential. And I think reigniting that in a lot of people is is not only a goal of this show, but again, probably a common goal between our two shows, which is just outstanding. And no matter where people are, giving them that next like rocket booster to the next next level here and i think i heard i forgot which i forgot which general said it i think it was it's it's in one of the war books i read and i think they said when you have nothing going for you seemingly that is when you should be fearless you have nothing to worry about because you don't have anything right i mean you do have something but the point is like that's when you should be most free. That's when you should be yeah. most aggressive, most creative, because you have nothing to lose. And I really embodied that when I didn't have any listeners, no clients, whatever. I can do whatever I want and just try because what's the worst that could happen? I'm going to wait. I'm going to end the, same, the day with the same result. So that's how you can think about this job search thing is maybe I will be different and maybe I'm going to write some handwritten notes or something, or maybe I'm just going to do some video emails or something because why not? You know, there's 80 to hundred other people probably doing it, you know, just going in the portal, typing in the information and then sitting yeah. and waiting. So I'm going to be proactive and just be different regardless if it works or not. I at least know I did something different and I at least know I'm going to stand out. No, it totally does. And I, I think you've got a good point of when you are in a situation like that where you're applying for a job, and maybe you're one of 100, 100 applicants, we'll say, mm-hmm. and you have the same application in there. Anything that you do to differentiate yourself, hopefully for good, maybe, maybe you do something that is just unusual <laughs> or whatever it might be, or and maybe that blows up in your face. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're adding something like a like to your resume and they say, add extra documents, a letter of recommendation, you know, mm-hmm. do go these extra miles, a cover letter, a achievements page, something like, uh, w- <laughs> hate to stump for them, but I love them. I do, you know, I don't want to ever make this a, uh, a, uh, just an ad, ad dominated show, but you know, I have a couple sponsors, you know, my new job hunt or my career snapshot, something like those would be a perfect thing to add on to a resume because you're right, Julian, when you do the extra, 
you have a much better opportunity for it to pay off. And mm-hmm. I think that that's absolutely great. You're creating your own personal standard. You're, you're not being able to be categorized as just another applicant. You are John. You are Sarah. You're not these other people. You are your own distinct person. So for better or worse, but you are standing on your own two feet. And I just think that, you know, the original question was that fitness provides that because a lot of times fitness and especially losing weight, it seems like an insurmountable goal. Like it does. That 20 pounds feels like you might as well go climb Mount Kilimanjaro or something. It just feels insurmountable. And I kind of felt like that when I went for my first 18 mile run. I was like, 18 mile run? Are you kidding me? (laughs) But the thing is, it's one step, one step at a time, one step, one step, one step, one step. And that's how weight is. It's just one pound, one pound, one pound, one pound, one pound. And the thing with the job application is what I hear because it's very similar to, for me, getting started in business and for me also applying when I was doing medical school. It's just one application, one application, and it's refining and continuing to work on myself every day. So every day that I don't get the call, I'm going to come back still better the next day to be an even better applicant. And kind of since I'm a competitive person, I said everyone that overlooked me is going to regret that. Right. And that's another <laughs> thing that I think without getting too far off off track here, I yeah. know that there have been some people in my in my life, and I'm still connected to them on LinkedIn. And if they're listening to this show, I, I hope you know yeah. who you are. But there are some people out there who said what you're going to do with recruiting hell or whatever it is. It's easy and it's just not worthwhile. And I I keep those connections because I literally want, cannot wait for the day where I can throw them back in that person's face and be like, "You said I was going to fail." I'm the same way with 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 with, with my brand and yeah. my distinct messaging and approach. So it's it, you know we we have a grand bigger vision, and I think you know to you know like you said to stay on track here, it's good to really know you're playing chess and you're a chess grandmaster. A chess grandmaster is 15 moves right. ahead. So what he's doing today, he's doing it because he knows that w- what the payoff is, those next 15 moves. So your health and really dedicating yourself to your health no matter what, the payoff long term could be you're there for your family, you're there for your daughter's wedding, and you don't have to have those expensive medical bills because one of the best things about health right. is when nothing happens. I love that, and I should totally put a pin in that right there for one of the quotes from this this one. It's absolutely great. All right, Julian, so last one on this little topic here. Are there any questions about fitness and a job hunt that I didn't ask you today? I don't know if it's a question, but I think I think there's a, there's a lot of different benefits on fitness and how it connects to business, and I, I think that's something that's glossed over a lot. Definitely. And what I mean by that is things such as executive presence and so how exercise helps with the executive presence. So there's a book I read a long time ago. I think it's called Executive Presence, actually. I forgot her name. And she talks about gravitas, communication, and appearance. And gravitas is basically like your confidence. And communication, obviously, is like it sounds, how you talk and how you project and everything. And appearance is kind of like it sounds, your overall appearance. But the thing was, to really improve in those things, appearance, it wasn't like get shredded or anything. It was getting to whatever body weight that you felt comfortable in. Because whether you realize it or not, putting on your clothes, wearing clothes that you like, but that you also feel comfortable in, that gives you a certain type of energy. You know, so for myself... 
there's a certain dress code I hold myself to, even if I'm in the house and not going anywhere, because I know I feel more confident in it. I feel more powerful. There's certain feelings I want, and that radiates. That energy comes off to people around me, and that's communication that is not spoken, because only 7% of communication is verbal. The other part is nonverbal, and there's another great book called The Image of Leadership, and it talks about the first seven seconds gives the first impression, and we all paint a story of ourselves within those first seven seconds. And so you think about that, like when you're confident in your body, when you're confident in your energy and your discipline, and you know you're doing what you're supposed to do day in and day out, there's a different type of walk yes. that you're going to go out with the world in, and that's part of I your love that, And I think that you described that so well about how some people, you don't have to be fit necessarily. You look at, uh, like, you th- think of a, a stereotypical, like, movie mob boss. He's not in great shape. Mm-hmm. He's an older gentleman who's probably considerably overweight, but everybody respects him because of the way he carries mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. And that's that's why the first, one of the first sit-downs when I talk with someone is, what does optimal health mean to you? You, not me. What does optimal health look like to you in your head? How do you move? How do you feel? What do you weigh? What dress size do you want? What what what's the size of your your suit? What's the waist of your what's the waist? What's the blazer size? What's the width? Get in those details. It's going to be different. It doesn't necessarily one person may be 15% sure. body fat. That's great. Another person may be 10%. But is it what you really want. That's one of the first battles because a lot of times with clients at first, what they come in with is not really what they want. It's what they think they should want, but not what they want. And that creates a lot of friction because they're doing things to try to get this goal that they think they really want when they want something else. And the whole process is totally different. And oftentimes it's less work involved than what they thought they really wanted. That's pretty impressive. I love that. So we're coming to the, the end of everything here, Julian, where it's time for uh, what we call our quick fire job hunting advice segment. And we've gotten some of the best advice on this show out of the following three questions. They're a bit rapid fire, and but that doesn't mean that they have to okay. be one word answer. So if you feel like leaning on something a little bit longer than just a boom, boom, you can certainly do it. Are you ready? Okay. All righty. Let's do it. First question, my friend, what is the number one thing you think is wrong with the way the modern job search works? There's a lot of things I can look at, but I think the first thing is they put too much stock into degrees and just surface level material that's on a resume, and they don't put enough stock into the character makeup, the values, and just the whole attitude of the of the person. All right, next one. What's the one thing you've seen with the modern job hunt that everybody doesn't do that they should be doing? Vetting, I, I think vetting. And uh, what I mean by that is seeing what this person really stands for. What, what is this person? Like researching the person. I want to research this person thoroughly and see what this person really is. Because you can tell me a lot of things in your resume. You can probably tell me a lot of things in an interview if, if, if you're pretty good socially. But I want to see what you really stand for. So I'm going to go back and really research you. And because you're bringing someone in for the culture. And you're adding someone to the culture. So it's like adding someone on a sports team. It's a championship environment here. Is this person going to be a distraction? Or is he going to be able to fit into the culture here? And then on the opposite end of the thing, if I'm someone who is out here actively looking for jobs, it's the same thing I had to do when I was 
working on getting placed in different magazines and everything, you got to realize most of the time people are going to look for any and every little thing they can to disqualify you. So everything you do on social, just assume that anything on the internet, it's always going to be here. So just be mindful of that. And as we talked about before this started, there's a personal, there's a private, and there's a professional life. Keep those things in mind. Now, if you're the, the CEO, the president, maybe the rules are different. But you're trying to get your foot in the door, trying to get established at a different company. Keep those things in mind and be very mindful of that because it's good to talk about authenticity and everything. But people are still people and we're still going to judge each other. So keep that in mind. That is the one thing that I think has been one of the biggest back and forths of like people still judge. We, we, we outlaw discrimination. We do all these things. But deep down, it sucks yeah. that people still judge. And I think that's one of the hardest things of a job hunt. Well, I well, I mean, that's why we're still here. That's how we survive throughout millennia as humans in our genes. We had to judge and take measures to protect ourselves. So it's something primitive rooted in us. And so it's not going anywhere. Which is a shame. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a shame, but... It's part of the laws of human nature, I think. Last one, Julian. What's your number one LinkedIn tip? Use the platform, post whatever you got to do and connect. Do it with an intention and not just for the intention. Interesting. Could you go expand on that just a little bit more? Yeah. So there's certain things that we can probably post sure. that will be popular. But is it is it within your brand? Is it how you want to be known? Or are you doing this just to try to get likes, comments, and engagement? Or is this really what you want to do? What's the intention behind it? Are you really have an intention of sharing something and adding, and adding this post just because you want to share this information? Or are you just really adding this just to try to get attention and boost your influence or status? I love it, and I, I think we've we had somebody at one point in time in the past touch on never be an influencer and i think that maybe plays a a, a, not a similar note necessarily but like intention versus Mm -hmm. attention for your linkedin totally i think that's wonderful and great answer man thank you and it's better to have three people who really resonated with it they took your advice they might not even commented on it because i tend to get people that don't comment on stuff but i will hear from them later on or something like that. And so that's that's the that's the best form is just to really have those things and see who are you really impacting more than who am I just mindlessly entertaining and helping them pass time throughout the day. Great set of answers there, my friend. So it is the end of the show and it's time to tell everybody if folks want to find more as we draw Julian this episode Hayes, to where a close, would remember, they look good, sir? You are worth more than your work. The first answer is your value LinkedIn. to society so, is and not you dictated just find me at Julian what you Hayes. do Second, to pay your bills. It's I think it'll be too job hunting eyes, is difficult. No matter I think your you age, look up gender, so location, connect with me on LinkedIn. First of all, that's the easiest place. And, and the home base for my website is artofinnocentlife.com, and you'll have links challenge. to the podcast as well. For more from recruiting help, subscribube to the show on your favorite well. podcast player. Well, man, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you down here to Thanks for so much in the way of fitness and health, and for connect with Rob via LinkedIn. Be sure to see recruiting-hell.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And of course, follow the show all across social media. Just look for the orange and blue flame logo. Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios and is proudly made in Wisconsin. 
Lastly, be sure to visit and support our sponsors. They make it possible to do this show and make it better every single week. Remember, your job hunt is a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. Thanks for listening.